0: Welcome to the Wellness Plus Podcast, featuring interviews with health and wellness professionals empowering you to take control of your health and happiness. Feel better, look better, and live better today by subscribing right now for new episodes every week. The Wellness Plus Podcast is brought to you by wellnessplus.tv and made possible by the generous donations of Psyche Truth Patreon supporters. Now here's your host, Certified Holistic Health Coach, Karina Rachel.
1: Hello and welcome to the Wellness Plus podcast. I'm your host, Karina Rachel, and I'm joined today by Jessica Manson. She's a holistic practitioner and licensed acupuncturist, and she's here today to talk to us about how she went from being a skeptic of acupuncture to actually becoming a licensed acupuncturist. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for joining me. Oh, thank you for having me. So, can you tell us a little bit about what actually brought you into the world of oriental medicine?
2: Well, I was always a skeptic of anything that was alternative medicine, if you will. Um, My family is a bunch of scientists, so for the longest time I kind of thought, well, if it's not double-blind, randomized, control trial proven, then it must be complete bunk. Uh, but I was ending uh, up having a bunch of health problems when I was in my early 20s Mm. and I'd gone, you know, from Western doctor to Western doctor and wasn't really getting much results there. And by the time I was 21, I was on a bunch of different medications for side effects of medications and, Mm. and really, um, wasn't able to function very well in in any area of my life. And, uh, I had a friend who gave me a uh, gift certificate for acupuncture, Uh, On my birthday one year And I didn't really want to go But I figured I'm like okay well I don't want to be rude I'll use a gift certificate Because all I got to do is waste my time (laughs) And so I went And the uh, acupuncturist You know asked me what all my problems were And I was like well I got a million and one problems But these are kind of my main ones And So she told me like okay well You should you know I'm going to put these needles in And you should notice a pretty good change Within about 24 hours And I was like yeah, sure, whatever. This isn't going to work. And, and I told myself, well, I know that if anything happens, it's not placebo because if, it, you know, I don't believe in it at all. So mm-hmm. it can't be placebo if I think that nothing's going to happen. Right. So lo and behold, six hours later, I noticed a huge, huge shift in my health. And I was like, what is this? This must be magic. (laughs) And uh, so I kept on going back to this acupuncturist and my health kept on improving. And uh, she introduced me to a bunch of other practitioners who do things like herbal medicine and exercise therapy, massage, chiropractic, things like that. And it really got my life back on track. And uh, to the point where I, you know, I was able to start succeeding in school and in my relationships and my career. And I decided I really wanted to uh, give that tremendous service that was given to me back to the community. And so that's why I went into Oriental Medicine as a profession, uh, because I want to give back that gift.
1: Wow! Can you um, elaborate a little bit more on like which uh, which symptoms you noticed improving right after that acupuncture appointment? Yeah.
2: Well, the main problem that I was having is that I was uh, bleeding a lot, just menstruating a lot, and I no one could stop the bleeding. I was super anemic, and uh, just because I was losing so much blood all the time, I'd be bleeding for you know a month or more without remission. Wow! And uh, so she's like, "Yeah, the bleeding should just stop within 24 hours," and it and it did. It was the first time within 40 days. Wow. And uh, so that really got my attention because I was on a bunch of different hormones and drugs trying to, you know, keep my blood, and nothing was working. Um, so that really helped. Um, and as I continued seeing her, my digestion improved. Uh, my hair stopped falling out. Uh, my anxiety and depression tended to lift. My skin improved. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it, it was really... I don't think there was a single aspect of my life that was not touched by the therapies that she performed. Uh, Even things as minor as allergies seemed to get better. And, And the interesting thing, too, is that when we look at the body from... Uh, a holistic standpoint, or, or even from an acupuncture standpoint, uh, symptoms don't exist in isolation. So um, many biomedical doctors kind of, uh, they, they look at uh, uh, certain symptoms being separate problems. Mm, uh, the right. way more holistic medicine, especially uh, Chinese medicine, looks at it is that everything's related. And so I might have one treatment for, you know, uh, menstruation problems, but that also affects my digestion. That also affects my skin. Uh, it's not like uh, I'd have to have different treatments for each issue. It's it's all addressed right. in one kind of nice, neat package for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's kind of what I like about what I do too, is that I'm able to um, kind of put together these pieces of the puzzle and provide a treatment that uh, really addresses the core issue very mm. succinctly. Right. Mm-hmm. So I definitely know what you mean about
1: kind of this um, tendency to try and compartmentalize the body mm-hmm. and then treat things in isolation, um, neglecting that idea of, you know, what I guess even the word holistic medicine yeah. implies, mm-hmm. which is that all of these different parts of your body are working in coordination with one another. And so, like you said, as you start to address these certain symptoms, so to speak, by actually reaching in and trying to figure out what's causing those symptoms in the first place, Mm -hmm. suddenly you have this little domino effect of all the other
2: pieces. That's right. That's right. Um, And and it's interesting because, you know, even most of my patients most notice a marked difference by the time they get up off the table and go home. Uh, And it's just, it's really rewarding to see the body's capacity to heal uh, Mm -hmm. when you give it the correct incentive and information. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: Could you maybe talk about what are some of the common problems that you treat with acupuncture now or some Uh, of the common things that come into your office? I'd
2: say about 80% of um, my patients have some kind of pain syndrome, uh, which granted that can vary in terms of musculoskeletal pain, or, you know, digestive pain, or menstrual pain. Mm. But mostly what gets people into my office is some sort of pain syndrome. Uh, That's the reason why uh, we're taking on the name Holistic Pain Solutions, uh, beginning in 2019, uh, just because pretty much everybody who comes in has some sort of pain issue. Um, So, you know, I also do see patients occasionally who have more internal medicine uh, issues going on, uh, digestive health, health, um, stress is a big one. Mm -hmm. Although it tends to be uh, people who come in, they're stressed and that's causing a pain issue for them for for the most part. Um, So uh, I see a lot of those as well. Right. Mm -hmm. You kind of
1: end up in that which came first, the chicken or the egg scenario. That's right. Um, And interestingly, just to kind of comment on our human nature, so we often kind of wait until things become too much to bear before we'll actually go and and do Mm -hmm. something else. Um, So to kind of maybe peel back the layer, so to speak, are there common underlying um, conditions or dysfunctions that maybe underlie a lot of the pain that you see?
2: Well, you know, I mean, I hate to be so general because Mm. every person is different to one degree or another. Mm -hmm. I'd say, by and large, the main problem that I see especially in the populations of pretty much any westernized nation, is that we're all overly stressed, Uh, meaning that our adrenal glands, which are are, uh, special glands that control our fight-or-flight response, and they also control our inflammation, our sleep-wake, our immunity to a degree, um, that because of our stress, uh, those end up becoming weakened. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I see that being usually step one in any kind of pathological degeneration in my patient population, mm-hmm. um, so uh, so yeah, I'd say. You know, even the healthiest people, uh, just because of the the society in which we live, you know, our culture kind of wanting us to go all the time. Uh, Mm -hmm. The foods that we eat are largely modified, or they're um, they're high in sugar or high in starch, which is difficult for us to um, maintain an even level of blood sugar because Mm -hmm. of that. We have a lot of toxins that we're exposed to. So just by living in a westernized nation, it's almost. It's almost impossible not to have an adrenal stress. Mm -hmm. And it's just kind of um, the people who end up manifesting better or worse – are people who are able to control that stress better or worse, either through their habits and diet, which is kind of what I promote in my practice, uh, Mm -hmm. people's changing in habits, uh, changing in uh, their dietary behavior, changes in exercise, things like that. Um, Or some people end up just having a a stronger or weaker adrenal than others too. So Mm -hmm. we have to look at our innate um, constitution as well. So, um, But I think really everybody... It comes back to the adrenal glands, at least in part, simply because they control our ability to adapt to our environment and our surroundings and our circumstances. Um, And so once we start losing our adaptive capacity is when things start breaking. Mm. Um, So that's kind of, to be very general, uh, it all comes back to that, in my opinion.
1: Very interesting. Can you maybe elaborate on some of those you know, uh, recommendations that you make a lot, or maybe even some of the changes that you made um, after learning more about oriental medicine in terms of the, um, you talked about lifestyle, exercise, Mm -hmm. how we handle stress.
2: Right. Well, it's a common misconception among people that um, practitioners of oriental medicine only do acupuncture, uh, especially because uh, here in Texas, we're called licensed acupuncturists. So people think, Oh, well, I'm going to an acupuncturist and that's all I'm going to get is like little needles stuck in me and then I'm <laughs> going to leave. Uh, but acupuncture is actually one of uh, very many elements that uh, practitioners of oriental medicine are trained to use. So we also uh, counsel people on diet, lifestyle. We provide nutritional therapies through supplementation, uh, herbal medicines, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, we also coach people on meditative techniques and um so uh, And we do some manual therapies as well, like right. cupping and gua sha therapy, uh, medical qigong. Um, so there's a whole lot more to oriental medicine than just acupuncture. Um, most of what I um, counsel my patients with in terms of self-care practices are how they can modify diet uh, in order to control their blood sugar fluctuations. Mm. Um, I find, uh, well, it's not just me. <laughs> we, can, we can look at uh, a dream. Stresses mm-hmm. and uh, the number one stress on adrenal glands is what's called dysglycemia or fluctuations in blood sugar levels. Mm-hmm. Um, our blood sugar level is largely determined by the type of foods that we eat. Uh, There's certain foods that metabolize into sugars much more quickly than others, mm-hmm. um, and so if we eat a lot of those foods, we end up having huge spikes in our blood pressure, and then it drops really. Our blood sugar excuse me and then the blood sugar drops very quickly Um, that makes a huge stress on the body especially on the pancreas and on the adrenal glands um, Mm -hmm. in turn so that's usually step one um, for most of my patients in terms of self-care is to regulate their glycemic index through food Um, I do have a menu that I kind of wrote up. um, That's just a sample and it gives some guidelines. It's on my website under patient resources. Um, So that's number one. Uh, Mm -hmm. Number two, uh, I start um, counseling people on uh, what I call exercise hygiene. Um, So we also kind of in America, we think that, okay, well, unless I'm working out and really sweating and really, you know, pushing it, then I'm either not working out or I'm not doing enough. Mm. Um, So uh, what I counsel people to do is to do an exercise hygiene program, (laughs) which uh, is a kind of moderately, moderate exertion, uh, body weight, anaerobic uh, program that takes you about oh, five minutes to do the anaerobic exercise, and then you go for a walk for 30 minutes. That will cover your cardio for the day. Uh, And that's not going to make you into an Olympic athlete. It's not going to allow you to build a bunch of muscle. But what it does do is it allows you to exercise your body enough to where you're promoting and maintaining all your normal functions, Um, and you're also not stressing your adrenal glands. Mm. So if you do that program every day, And then, say, if you like to run or play soccer or ride your bike or whatever, go do that and have fun, Mm. then that's about the amount of exercise that your body really needs. Mm. Um, Many people who go and kind of get into these extreme exercise programs find that they they end up gaining weight or they're losing their hair or they develop a lot of dysfunctions because that huge level of exercise is a big stress on their systems and uh well you know that's wonderful if you're trying to go to the olympics or if you're a professional athlete there's nothing wrong with that uh it's just much harder for the body to adapt because it's being put under so much stress so often right um so so yeah that's kind of the second portion is exercise hygiene uh and then if you want to do more have fun and if it stops being fun that's your body telling you to stop mm. um So uh, third portion, which I think is probably really the most important part um, in terms of self-care, is meditation or some kind of mindfulness work. Mm -hmm. Um, Amazingly, I've actually seen major differences on lab sheets of patients who meditate versus people who don't.
1: Wow. Uh,
2: Yeah, so I I had a a group of about four women who came in. uh, They were all about the same age with about the same level of of problems and and we ran some lab work on them uh mostly through hair analysis and uh the uh you know three out of the four when they came back for their retest and did their retest three months later they looked about how i would expect you know given their their acupuncture and their supplement regimen and all of those things that they were doing it's about what i would expect in three months and the fourth one came back and i didn't think it was the same person And so I called the lab, and I said, okay, I'm looking for a lab for a woman who's, you know, completely depleted, and she's in her early 60s, and uh, this looks like you gave me somebody who's much younger and uh, is not depleted at all. I mean, I wouldn't expect to see that kind of change within 18 months, much less three Right. And so when she came back in for a follow-up, I said, you know, what are you doing? Because I gave you about the same regimen in terms of supplements and diet and, and treatments and, as everybody else, and, and you responded so much better. And uh, so what's your secret? And she says, oh, well, I meditate an hour a day. And wow. I was like, whoa. I mean, you know, to be able to actually, I mean, I knew that, like, in terms of her uh, symptomatic picture, she was improving so much more quickly than her peers, hmm. and, I, and I saw that symptomatically, but to actually see that in terms of numbers on a lab sheet, mm-hmm. uh, it was like she took 10 years off of her age, wow. and it was like her body was able to take the support that she got from the treatments, the herbs, the nutrients, uh, and the other lifestyle changes that she made. It was like her body was just able to use it so much more efficiently. And, uh, so I, I tell people that, you know, if you have to do one thing, meditate, you know, either, uh, you know, either, either do a meditation or if you're religious, do prayer, yoga, uh, some people like to do Tai Chi, Qigong. Um, but, uh, really I think the most important portion of it is to be able to stop,
0: mm-hmm. check
2: in with your body, yeah. see how it feels to be you right here, right now. Mm-hmm and make that a point every day. Right. Uh, my favorite thing so far, at least I just found this phone app called Insight Timer. And uh, it it's totally free, which is awesome. And it has uh, tens of thousands of guided meditations on there. So you can just turn one on and you can listen to somebody who kind of walks you through a visualization meditation. Um, or if you wish to meditate in silence, you can say, I want to meditate for, you know, two minutes and it'll play a nice little bell, you know, at the beginning, beginning and the end. Mm. Um, So it's been a, it's been a really great resource for a lot of my patients. I've been using it myself. It's really um, done well for me too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So, uh, so yeah, those are the, the main three, uh, I'd say those are the three pillars of health, how you eat, how you move and how you think. Mm. And if my patients end up doing those self-care practices and are very rigorous about them, they tend not to have to see me that often. (laughs) So, you know, I'm always uh, happy to see them and and help kind of give them a tune up when they need it. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, I tell people, you know, you're you're better off, um, you know, doing your self care and uh, needing less input from uh, from me or from outside sources to keep you on track. Right. So, doing your own tune-up. Yeah, yeah, doing your own <laughs> tune-up, and and uh, you know, and I think that doing things like acupuncture, cupping, uh, laser therapy, um, those all really help when you're in an acute situation. But ideally, uh, we should we should use those therapies in order to get us out of a problem situation, and then be able to maintain mostly on our own. Maybe get a tune-up about once a month, which I think is. You know, that's kind of where I tell people maintenance, maybe treatment once a month. But, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, other than that, uh, you know, your body should be able to maintain most of the changes that we initiate in the treatment room uh, on its own, provided that you're giving it the correct support on your own. Right. Mm-hmm.
1: That is so interesting that an hour of meditation per day was giving her such it such drastic was results.
2: unbelievable. And I've seen this routinely in my other patients that have meditated uh, and I even tried it in myself. Um, I ended up having a, a, you know, something kind of go wrong with me a couple months ago, and I was like, well what am I doing or what am I not doing that I'm telling my patients to do?
0: <laughs> I ask and myself that a yeah, lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah
2: so I, I just had that little heart to heart with myself. And I'm like, am I being a good patient of myself? Right. <laughs> and so I said, okay, well, I'm not meditating. So I changed it a little bit about my diet. I was, I was cheating a little bit, but, um, I was like, okay, no more small cheats and then start meditating. And, uh, turned it around really, really fast. And uh, you know Western doctors didn't really believe that I could do that. And that's really all it was. It was adding the meditation and then just cleaning up just a tiny bit in my diet. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it it just shows showed me too how much meditation can do. Right. Uh, and it's, it's just been such a huge key for many of my patients and even, you know, people who say they have, they have too much pain to meditate or they don't know how, um, there's a lot of different things that you can do. So say like, uh, have a lady who has some chronic back pain and she says, well, you know, it's, it's hard for me to sit because of the pain. And I said, well, you know, Really what you need to do is not necessarily fight the pain or not think about the pain. Just say, okay, I have this pain and that's okay and I'm going to experience this pain. Not necessarily, you know, promote it or engage with it or say like, oh, it's going to ruin my life. But just say, this is where I'm at right now. I notice this and I'm going to be okay with that. Mm-hmm. And even if that is a 30-second check-in, Mm. that can really change the perception. And so she started doing that. And she's like, wow, you know, my back pain has really decreased since I started doing that, which, granted, you know, we've done a lot in uh, in terms of, of therapies as well. Um, right. So, uh, but I think that her her ability to do that at home Mm -hmm. allowed her to maintain the results of the treatments that we did in the clinic. Right. Uh, And so I I think that's kind of the biggest change that I see too, is that the the people who meditate keep their results. The people who, who don't meditate or kind of, you know, kind of, kind of dilly dally around it a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, They don't tend to hold their results quite as long or quite as well. Interesting. Um, so that's been a that's been a big one. Uh, I've and it's had free. It's totally Medi- free. Meditation. It's totally free. <laughs> yeah, and uh, you know I've had some people tell me they're like, "Well, I just don't think I could sit still for that long." Mm-hmm. And but it's not really about that. So I tell these people, you can do something called the five second meditation. So the five second meditation was actually developed by a gentleman I know who uh, was having some really like was grinding his teeth so bad at night that the dentist gave him mouth guards and he would go and uh smash the mouth guards and swallow the pieces at night because he was grinding his teeth so bad oh, wow. and so the dentist told him well we're gonna need to do all this surgery and this and that and realign your jaw and realign your bite and you know and he's thinking to himself like I do not want to go through and have my jaw wired shut for like six months and, you know, have to go through all this. So what he decided to do, uh, he realized that he was grinding his teeth, mostly because he was under a lot of stress at the time. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's like, well, I'm going to train myself to relax, which that's really what meditation is. It's training your body to relax on command. Mm-hmm. And so he went and got a bunch of sticker dots like you put on file folders. Right. And so he got these sticker dots and he put them all around his house and his car and his office and just anywhere that he knew he'd be and he'd see one, you know, kind of maybe every five minutes or so. And so his task to himself was to, uh, every time he saw one of the sticker dots, make sure his jaw was relaxed, take a deep breath, shoulders relaxed, and then move on. And so that's your five-second meditation. Mm. So people say, oh, well, I don't have an hour to meditate. You don't have to have an hour. You can do it for five seconds. You can do anything for five seconds. Right. And the thing is, is that if you do that enough times over the course of the day, so like this guy had his dots everywhere, mm-hmm. so he was training himself to relax, you know, probably 50 times a day, maybe more. Mm-hmm. Uh, he eventually got to the point where he no longer grinds his teeth. Wow. Doesn't need a mouth guard, didn't need surgery, completely solved his own problem through five seconds of meditation incrementally throughout the day. Wow. Um, so, uh, so yeah, you know, I, I have a lot of patients who are like, oh, well, I just couldn't, you know, you can take a deep breath. You know, take a deep breath, relax, and just make sure you do that on cue. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can get the same benefit out of doing something like that as you can out of sitting, you know, by yourself for an hour like my other patient does. Right. So there's a lot of different ways that you can Add meditation in your life that can work better for you. Right. Um, you know there are people who I just don't think would do well sitting by themselves for an hour. That's just too difficult. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, it's uh, it's all about kind of finding what works for you.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Rather than mm-hmm. fixating on I can't
0: do right. these
1: things or I can't see myself yeah sitting still yeah, for an hour that's doing right. whatever. That's right getting out of that mind mindset of I can't do this or that's not for me or whatever and mm-hmm. just going, all right, well, how am I going to morph this into something that does work for me? That's right. That's Find right. a way to make this, you know, something mm-hmm. that fits in my lifestyle, fits in my time yeah. and doesn't create more stress. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's two little pieces that I'm thinking, you know, just hearing you talk here. Um, the first one was that, um, you know, we hear a lot about how much the body needs sleep, Mm -hmm. to the extent that if we are Mm sleep-deprived, the brain will actually kind of trigger you into that state of sleep even while you're awake. And so you Mm -hmm. have like the sleep deprivation kind of uh, hallucinations that Mm -hmm. people experience Mm -hmm. Um, just as a um, kind of proof, so to speak, that our body really, really needs this sleep. Mm -hmm. So in a way, seeing that hour of meditation as um, you know, kind of slowing down mm-hmm. enough that you're not necessarily in the state of sleep, but your body's able to go into that state of healing. That's right. That That's right. is really, um, you know, kind of what what the body wants that sleep for. That's right. Hey, we're going to kind of give your your brain a break from all of these other tasks that you're always thinking of during the day mm-hmm. and just kind of let it play catch up on the little repair and whatever little digestion, all of those things that uh, take a lot of energy, Mm -hmm. that if our energy is being dispersed through a million different activities, Um, some of those things kind of can just kind of get sluggish or slow down. Yeah, that's
2: basically exactly what it does. I mean, just kind of going back to our earlier discussion about the adrenal glands and Mm -hmm. how your adrenal glands control your adaptive capacity and how they get stressed when you're stressed, either through environmental stresses, through emotional stresses, through food stresses. Uh, What meditation does is it takes that stress off of those adrenal glands, even if it is for just a moment, Mm -hmm. and it allows those adrenal glands to heal. Uh, So that allows you to, to improve your own capacity to adapt to your world. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, it gives you that pause to, to not only heal what's wrong, but to increase your own capacity to heal. Right. Yeah. Um, So, uh, so yeah, that's why it's so vitally important. Mm -hmm. Uh, And uh, I think that's why people who meditate, they, they get better so much faster. Mm -hmm. It's, it's really night and day and and again i guess going back to different types of meditation too um yoga tai chi qigong i mean there can be moving meditations as well Mm -hmm. Uh, so if you focus on very controlled movements and uh, you know breathing through certain um certain forms Mm -hmm. uh that can also be just as healing so for people who don't want to sit still um you don't necessarily have to right Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm.
0: The podcast you are listening to was brought to you by wellnessplus.tv, a subscription service empowering you with everything you need to take control of your health and happiness. Sign up for your free trial today to watch the video version of this episode and all our podcast episodes. Plus, you'll gain access to our extensive library, including hundreds of follow-along yoga and fitness courses, massage therapy tutorials, weight loss information, guided meditations, educational health videos and so much more feel better look better and live better today by visiting and wellness then plus you know taking on TV. the
1: other side of that kind of the five second meditation piece yeah. um i don't i don't probably just making up a word here but it's almost like a sympathetic override
2: it is almost it's a, exactly like yes it's a your, sympathetic override your body's yeah.
1: having that fight or flight sympathetic mm-hmm. nervous system response yes kind of as a product of what you were saying like mm-hmm. our culture is telling us to go 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 our culture is telling us that you can get by on less sleep mm-hmm. all these things so mm-hmm. then by just seeing that little I, I like the idea of the little dots or little reminders yeah, or stickers or, or you know whatever you like whatever. post-it
2: note yeah um little
1: reminders that mm-hmm. you just go oh sympathetic override Take a second, take mm-hmm. that slow, deep breath that kind of tells your nervous system, hey, there's no bears around here. There's yeah. no wolves. There's nothing that you need to run from. That's right. And kind of help shift you back into that more calm state yeah. where you're thinking more clearly and all of those other functions of mm-hmm. your body suddenly can be tended to because your brain isn't perceiving that you're in this you know, really kind of scary situation. Yeah.
2: That's exactly right. And you know, the way I look at... You know, the way we look at pathologies and healing is that, you know, when, when you develop a certain pathological change, uh, you know, whether that's pain or whether that's an, another type of disease, whether you have poor immunity, whatever, mm-hmm. um, that's because your body is trying to do the best it can with either limited resources because you're not giving it enough good resources mm. or because you're pushing in a certain direction and it can't fully accomplish what. You're trying to get it to accomplish, and so it kind of lets a couple of things go in order to, you know, put it more energy, you know, somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And um, so, uh, so yeah, the way I look at at healing is that your body has learned how to exist in a certain way over time in a mm-hmm. pathological way. Um, what we do not only in the clinic room, but what you can do on your own is help train your body retrain it to Mm. live in a state of health and so the way we retrain our bodies is similar to a way that we would say train a dog so if i have a dog and i want to teach him to sit in the corner and wait for me you know if i just go tell him one time go sit in the corner and wait for me he's not gonna understand that Mm -hmm. and so i have to continually tell him you know if he starts to get up or if he starts to make a a certain move that's not what i want i have to provide little corrections over a longer period of time Mm -hmm. in order for that dog to understand that that's what i want that that sit means sit Mm -hmm. Uh, your body is very much the same so that's why we have to often you know do a couple of different acupuncture treatments over a certain period of time or you have to um you know Keep a consistent exercise program. Keep a consistent diet. Keep a consistent meditation practice. Uh, because what that does is it provides that same input to your body that says, "Hey, I know you were living that way before, but we're going to live in a different way right mm, now." I like that. And uh, and so really, um, that's that's kind of what I look at. What I do is is I retrain your body to exist in a different way through some physical and manual inputs, mm-hmm. uh, and then I train you on how to take care of that and how to continue to train your body so that it can maintain those changes that we initiated with needles or with laser or with cupping or gua sha. Um, so, uh, so yeah, that's kind of the way we can look at the five-second meditation or uh, look at everything that you put in your mouth, mm-hmm. uh, look at every type of physical activity that you do. Anything that you do in your life, you're training your body to live and behave and exist in a certain way. And so when we look at, at our lives and our behavior that way, it, it starts making sense uh, about how we can change the way our bodies exist. How mm-hmm. we can how we can make a shift back to health by changing even very small habits on a consistent basis. Right. So it's not about making a huge change. It's about making little changes over a long period of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that feels so much easier
1: to, mm-hmm. uh, to do as well. And yeah. that's been one of my big, um, you know, something that I use for myself, but then also something that I reckon, you know, recommend as a health coach, um, always kind of focusing on those little small changes, yeah, little changes because it feels really overwhelming to try and okay, well now you need to start meditating for one hour yeah, every single exactly. day. Yeah. Well, that feels scary. It feels difficult, but something like Five-second meditations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, five-second meditation. Maybe once mm-hmm. a day, every morning when you wake up mm-hmm. or when you go to bed. Right. Or you start kind of linking those to, to different actions like, um, you know, on your way home from work or mm-hmm. every time you're in traffic. Yep. Every time that you are um, in a confrontational relationship mm-hmm. at work or something sure. like that. And you start feeling that stress response come mm-hmm. up. Maybe that's your signal that you do that little... Yeah. And I was almost like a three second yeah, meditation. Yeah, you do your three second you meditation. You just relax yeah. your jaw, relax your shoulders, mm-hmm. maybe take a deep breath.
2: That's
1: right. And kind of, yeah, like you said, yeah. you're kind of just re, um, you know,
2: it's just a retraining. Yeah, retraining. It's, just, it's a
1: very small nudge. Right. Reinforcing. Yes, that reinforcing. was the word I was looking yes. for. Reinforcing mm-hmm. those little kind of trainings. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Can you talk a little bit, kind of moving, you know, back into, you know, oriental medicine and um, I guess maybe just some of the tenets.
2: You can't go and either give or demand the world to anyone at one point because then they're just overwhelmed and set up for failure. Right. Just like, (laughs) you know, I ride horses. And so to me, everything comes back to horses and I train horses for fun. That's what I do. And uh, so, you know, like if I go and I take a horse who's like had 90 days under saddle and then tell him to go jump a four foot jump, he's going to be like, I don't think so. <laughs> and so, you know, people are very much the same way. Mm-hmm. You can't go and, and kind of throw someone Into it, you know, I mean, eventually that's the goal. But really, I think uh, for for pretty much everybody, you've got to find where your starting point is Mm -hmm. and then chip away maybe 5 to 10% a week at most. Um, Because otherwise, it's just too much at once. I mean, Mm. for me, even in my own story, it took me, oh, golly, probably 10 years to fully get on track with Mm. what I do now. Not only in terms of learning, but in terms of implementing.
1: Yeah.
2: Because um, we all have some resistance. You know. We all want to have a Snickers bar every now and then, or you know, um, go and and have a uh, you know one too many glasses of wine, or stay up too late, or you know, just skip our mindfulness that day because you know we got other things to do. Um. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it's uh, it, it's not about being perfect. And and so many of my patients are like, well, I can't do all that right now. You don't have to. Just just aim to be this much better than you were yesterday. Mm. And if you screw up, that's okay. Just get back on the horse and do it again tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I find so many people, they'll, they'll come in and they're like, oh, well, I failed because I had a brownie at my son's birthday party and da 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 And it's like, that's okay. Your mm-hmm. body should be able to handle you know, a little bit of, of errant, uh, food or, or errant exercise or, you know, Mm -hmm. not meditating, you know, forgetting one day, you know, you should have the capacity to deal with that and that's okay. Right. Uh, and you can't just go from zero to 60 immediately, just sort of like you got a car and you, uh, if you just start from a complete, Stand still with your car and then just floor it. What's going to happen? Your tires are going to squeal before you end up taking off, mm-hmm. and so you end up losing time that way, right? Uh, and burning up all yeah, your burning fuel, up your rubber, burning up your fuel, and, and, and patients are the same way. So you got to you got to start a little bit slower before you move faster, mm-hmm. and and that's really I think it's a better way to do it because it sets you up for success, right? Mm-hmm.
1: Um, can you talk a little bit about um, I guess the kind of um, philosophy of Chinese medicine mm-hmm. and maybe, I guess, the little pieces, so to speak, that
2: um, that you use, um, tools that you use with um, your clients? Well, you know, that's kind of, I can't really answer that question in a super succinct way <laughs> <laughs> because I, uh, I do use a lot of different techniques with all of my clients, even in terms of acupuncture. I use traditional Chinese medicine, neoclassical pulse diagnosis, uh, dry needling trigger point release. I use electrical stimulation. I use five element acupuncture. I use moxibustion. Uh, I use Japanese style. I use uh, a Korean style. I even use American style acupuncture, ear acupuncture. Um, So I'm, you know, I vary my technique and my perspective based on my client's presentation. Uh And there's some clients who fit better with certain viewpoints than others. Um, And I've made a point to educate myself and educate my staff acupuncturist um, to be able to adapt among all those different viewpoints Mm -hmm. and be able to make the best selection for each patient. that being said, you know, I I would say that the, the common denominators among all of them are that um, the body is really interrelated, and you can't provide a single stimulus to the body, whether it's through a needle or whether it's through a touch or um, through a suction cup or through uh, speaking to a person. Um, there's no stimulus that can go and create an isolated effect. Mm. you know so say even if i look at probably the most um uh the most um non-integrated technique i use which would be a dry needling trigger point release acupuncture um say you've got a tight muscle in your trapezius in your back or whatever i can go and release that muscle but at the same time when i'm releasing that muscle not only does that help relax your shoulder and your neck and your back um but it also provides a um an input in terms of the chi flow in your body so it helps your chi which if we want to put that in a western kind of um uh, viewpoint frame uh would be more your electromagnetism Mm-hmm. Is like how I like to think about it in terms of a scientific or Western standpoint. Um, it can sh- it shifts that it shifts your field, right? Um, and so I can use that not only as a muscle release as a physiological acupuncture point, but I also can use this to help drive your chi downwards. So that can help relieve headaches. Uh, mm-hmm. That can help um, relieve uh, anger uh, in a way. Um, and so so yeah, you know, there's really no one thing that can be addressed in isolation. Um, so uh, but yeah, uh, that being said, the I, I try and adapt the techniques that I use very specifically to the patient who's in front of me right mm-hmm. Very interesting.
1: Can you um, expand a little bit on talking about uh, the Qi and maybe um, how the different acupuncture techniques or, or Chinese medicine techniques are able to, um, to help facilitate? That sure.
2: Movement of the chi. Um, well, I guess that kind of I'll kind of explain to you how I like to treat most patients and and why I like to sequence my treatments in certain ways. Um, and that kind of comes back to chi and it comes back to a bunch of different tissue layers. Mm. Um, so for most patients, what I like to do first is to start with a physiological based dry needling. Uh, That can tell me, especially since most of my patients are pain syndrome type patients, Mm -hmm. um, if there's a tight muscle or tendon that's really being a big actor in their problem. So this allows me to look at the muscle layer. Mm -hmm. I then like to do manual therapies after we release all those tight muscles. I like to do manual therapies like cupping or gua sha, which involve um, cupping is a suction cup on the skin. Mm -hmm. Gua sha is um, a scraping technique where you put a lot of oil on the skin so the skin itself is not damaged. But you drag a blunt uh, edged object over that oiled skin so it releases some of the fascia that surrounds muscles. Hmm. Um, So a lot of times when we believe that we have tight muscles, we actually have tight fascia, which is the connective tissue that surrounds your muscles. So, through cupping and gua sha, I can release the fascia. I draw blood and healing mediators into that area. Uh, It also releases endorphins and allows the body to really relax. Mm. Um, And it also can provide a diagnostic uh, for me as a practitioner, uh, because as many people have seen, like with the Olympics, cupping can leave marks or gua sha can leave marks. Mm -hmm. Um, The color of those marks and the location of those marks, you know, how they're presenting, Mm -hmm. um, can show me not only what what's wrong with the body, but which meridians are affected. Um, So I use that usually as my second layer. uh, So it's therapeutic as well as diagnostic. Mm -hmm. Um, I then will uh, do some traditional Chinese acupuncture. um, And I vary, again, vary my technique depending on the patient. uh, But the patient will retain some needles for about 15 minutes. And um, what that does is that develops that goes and realigns their electromagnetic field or their chi. So Mm -hmm. what we're doing with each needle is that we're finding areas of blocked chi, and then we use the needle to either open or close a gate to remove that blockage and reestablish balanced even chi flow throughout the body. Mm -hmm. Um, The way I like to look at that is that it increases your body's ability to maintain the results of the treatment. And uh, it also can address a lot of issues, especially like psycho-emotional issues Mm -hmm. or, um, or issues that are caused by uh, people being in an overly, what we call sympathetic state or fight or flight state. It Mm -hmm. takes the body out of that fight or flight and allows it to kind of put all of its energy into healing um in that regard. Uh and then usually to finish up the treatment, if patients still have pain by the time they're up off the table, which many of them don't, but some of them do, um, we can do a protocol in the ear, which actually changes how the brain processes pain signals. Wow. Um, so any type of ear acupuncture works directly on brain function. How that works, I don't know. I wish I could say, but um anyway, so we change the way the brain processes pain signals. And uh, that usually brings that pain level way down. Um, Occasionally, I'll also add laser therapy to... to a treatment, uh, say, where there's uh, tissue degeneration. Mm -hmm. Um, And what the laser does is it uses a very special light wave that increases cell metabolism, and that allows cells to repair themselves and divide more quickly. So if there's any kind of injury or Mm -hmm. repetitive chronic damage to a tissue, uh, the laser can really speed up healing and repair in, uh, in that local area. Um, so that's kind of how I structure my treatment. So we look at, it, we look at the body not only from a physiological, anatomical standpoint, mm-hmm. but we also look at the body from um, a chi-based standpoint and uh, balance your electromagnetic field, change the way your brain processes certain signaling patterns. Um, so and, and the way each patient needs their chi moved is totally specific to the patient. Um, so we can use, you know, I, I use a lot of, uh, diagnostic techniques from traditional Chinese medicine called, uh, yin-yang theory or zongfu diagnosis, neoclassical pulse diagnosis, tongue diagnosis. Um, all of those are, uh, utilized in my practice to find the specific acupoints that are best for each patient. Um, I, I do do a lot of pulse diagnosis, which I really love because the, um, the shape of the pulse, the intensity, the waveform, um, can all guide me to specific acupuncture points, um, that that patient's body wants. And then the pulse will immediately change and, um, will, will become more or less level. Uh, and it will show me that I got my mark. Um, so I really enjoy using that technique and use it a lot because it, um, it not only confirms my suspicions in terms of what I know academically, but I do know that I'm absolutely hitting the mark because the patient's body's telling me that I am. Wow, mm-hmm. you kind of get that like immediate feedback. Yeah, you get immediate feedback. And, and it's also much, um, I mean, it can't be confounded by any kind of story or emotion. Mm. And, and I know, you know, and there might be some things that the pulse tells me that like the patient didn't tell me. Uh, And so I can still address those issues, um, even if the patient is not necessarily wanting to disclose what their entire issues are. Mm -hmm. Um, So, uh, you know, and I've not to say that I'll psychically know what they are from the pulse, but I can kind of uh, work through whatever blockages might be there Mm -hmm. um, and uh, still allow that patient to heal their entire body, their entire issue set. Right. So
1: or maybe they didn't even realize yeah. that they this certain thing actually was a symptom that's of right. dysfunction. Or, mm-hmm. you know, people who have had a certain symptom or a certain thing for so long that they just think, oh well, I just have a bad back or right, oh I right. just have headaches or mm-hmm. whatever. And they don't maybe even see it as something that's worth mentioning you know, to a right. practitioner because they just didn't think there was anything yeah. that could yeah, be or done. Yeah, or like,
2: you know, people might develop something like, I see this very commonly, uh, people will have a, a disease develop as, around some kind of like big event in their lives. And they may or may not be able to connect mm. the event with the onset of the problem. Mm-hmm. Um, but what we can do with acupuncture is actually go back and... Uh, i guess realign the body to where it's it's not holding on to the trauma that it perceived from that event that 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 really incited that pathological change right. um so there's a lot of trauma resolution that goes on um with uh, especially a traditional chinese medicine standpoint right Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit more about the meridians? Sure. Um, we have um, many different layers of meridians. Um, the uh, we have twelve main meridians. Uh, we also have musculocutaneous meridians and uh, tendinomuscular meridians, divergent channels, and extraordinary meridians. Um, the these are all kind of layered in different ways so your cutaneous meridians mostly control your skin the tendinomuscular mostly your kind of superficial tendons the regular meridians are are the most commonly used um, and uh, they control I'd say most of your normal functioning Um, however mostly what I treat in my uh, practice are the two deepest levels of meridians which are divergent channels and um, the extraordinary channels Uh, so basically the way we can look at these is the divergent channels control any kind of chronic and recurrent problems. So if people have a, a meridian that's that's chronically and recurrently activated from some long-standing problem, um, the best way to access that is through the divergent channel rather than through the regular meridian. Um, similarly, I use the extraordinary meridians a lot, mostly because as long as I balance those. Everything else can be balanced. So, the way we look at the extraordinary meridians is that they are reservoirs of our chi. Um, So if we have too little chi in the regular meridians or somewhere else, we'll pull on the extras in order to get the chi and mobilize it where it needs to go. Or if we've got like um, a pathology or a virus or whatever, Mm -hmm. we'll go and we'll shove it into those extraordinary meridians so it doesn't cause problems. Um, Or even if we have too much chi, we'll go and shove it into the extra meridians so it doesn't cause problems. Um, Most people end up favoring one of the eight extra meridians um, just for one reason or another. Um, What I do with most of my treatments is I will end the treatment by balancing the uh, eight extra meridians to where you're equally pushing into and pulling on all eight of them rather than favoring just one. Mm -hmm. Um, I find that when I do that, I have fewer adverse effects after my treatments. And, uh, I also have people who hold the effects of their treatments much longer, Mm. uh, which is why with rare exception, I will always address an extra meridian, uh, whenever I see a patient for acupuncture.
1: Wow. Mm -hmm. And then you do that primarily with needles or again, that's Uh, like going to be a different
2: with needles. Um, however, you know, for people who are needle shy or for people who are, um, very, uh, very depleted. I may use moxibustin, uh, which is the burning of the fuzz of the mugwort leaf. Um, what that does is it causes a, a far infrared wave that can warm the body on a much deeper level mm. than uh, other substances can. Um, I don't know exactly what wavelengths are used in moxa, there's not been a whole lot of research about it, unfortunately. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that can help. Um, bring chi into the meridian if a meridian is very deficient. So, mm-hmm. um, especially in the winter, I find I use a lot more moxa. Uh, people tend to get cold and, you know, get uh, get to where chi's not moving well. The mm-hmm. chi is um, uh, is a bit more depleted in the winter than it is in the summer generally. Um, so, so yeah, most of the time with needles, but occasionally with moxa. Right. Yeah, or for children who are really a needle averse, we can even use acupressure. hmm mm-hmm. Interesting.
1: And then could you, um, and maybe this is not even a good question, but um, could you speak to, you know, the things that we do in our lifestyles that are negatively
2: affecting our chi? Well, again, this kind of goes back to the first portion of our conversation. Mm -hmm. Uh, Health, again, according to the Chinese, it's how you think, how you move, and uh, how you eat. Mm-hmm. And so if we're eating stuff that's highly processed, that has a lot of sugar content in it, that has uh, a lot of starch content in it, um, what that does, if we look at it from a Chinese uh, nutrition standpoint, mm-hmm. is it causes what's called dampness in our channels. So um, according to Zongfu theory, there are, um, are six different pathogens or six evils. Those are, uh, are wind, heat, dampness, dryness, summer heat, and cold. And so those are, those are the, three, the six things that can really damage us. Mm. Um, usually uh, what will happen is that uh, those will start damaging us either via environmental exposure or from the foods that we eat. Mm. So there's certain foods. So just if we look at foods as herbal medicines, which this is something that I also tell my patients, everything you put in your mouth is either medicine or poison. There is mm-hmm. no in-between. And, uh, you know, so that banana that you eat has an effect on you that can be medicinal or can be poisonous, depending on your state of health. Mm -hmm. Um, So bananas, for example, uh, they tend to be very cold. So for someone who's got uh, or at least the Chinese would call them cold. Uh, that means that somebody who has a cold type pathology, so we'll say, uh, loose stools is usually a, generally a cold problem. Um, bananas might be, uh, contributing to that problem. Mm. Uh, and that person would be very well advised to be eating more ginger, which is hot. It's going to warm them up and, uh, help firm up their stools. Interesting. Um, so, uh, so yeah, you know, what we eat can certainly contribute to uh, our well-being or lack thereof. Mm-hmm. Um, in a very general sense, um, foods that create dampness tend to be the worst because dampness, as far as um, as far as resolving it with herbs or with Chinese medicine, tends to be the hardest to kind of get rid of. Mm -hmm. Um, The Chinese will say that uh, uh, dampness, it causes things to be sticky, to be cloying, and and it's just very hard to get rid of. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, when we look at dampness creating foods, it's more things like milk, grains, alcohol, Uh, those are those are really the big ones Um, which i think some people can tolerate milk better than others so i'm not totally anti-milk but um, grains processed foods alcohol sweets those are uh, big ones which if we look at this from a western standpoint these are all foods that are relatively high glycemic Mm -hmm. and so what are we doing we're creating pancreatic stress um, and in turn, creating adrenal stress. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, so yeah, that's uh, that's kind of how our lifestyle can affect what we're doing. Um, and uh, I'm I'm sorry, I kind of forgot the no, it's original okay. it's question. Really
1: interesting. <laughs> I was just curious. You know, when we talk about um, a need to move the chi from one sure. area to another and things like that, mm-hmm. um, so that people can understand well. What are they doing in their life that's maybe creating these problems that necessitate uh, some kind of manual um, uh, tool coming in to help move sure, the chi? Sure,
2: sure. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's a, that's a bit of a complex question. Um, <laughs> I think that, I mean, if, if you're feeling like you're not functioning well, come in. Right, you know, if it has gotten to the point where you know you're saying, man, I used to be able to play catch with my kid, and my shoulders hurting and whatever. A lot of times, overuse can mm. cause chi blockage. So we'll say that, uh, you know, if we want to look at it from a traditional Chinese medicine standpoint, it causes chi and blood stagnation, which is like an overuse type injury. Mm. Um, so uh, you know that, and and um, you know if if, if you say. Implement the tools that we talked about, basically getting on a low-glycemic diet, um, making sure you maintain an exercise hygiene program, making Mm -hmm. sure you do mindfulness activity every day. If those three things by themselves don't solve the problem, then you probably need something like acupuncture, cupping, laser therapy, Mm -hmm. herbal and nutritional therapy. Um, Speaking of nutritional therapy, I think that probably everyone can benefit from certain nutrients being added to their diet. Uh, if we look at, uh, the human species as, um, kind of what our natural diet would be, we're not getting a lot of the nutrients that we would as cavemen, you know, in our diet. So, you know, say like if we eat a plant right now, we only eat the tastiest parts. We don't eat the whole, whole plant. Or if we, uh, eat an animal, we're only eating the tasty, you know, meat, muscle tissue rather than eating all the organ meats like we probably would if we were, you know, hunting that animal and having to survive on our own. Right. Um, so we have a, a certain amount of, uh, nutritional deficiency in our diet. Um, not to mention that, m- really the the nutrient content of even good foods like spinach or, you know, kale or whatever, Uh, our soil depletion is making the nutrient content per serving go way, way lower than it's ever been. So I I read something the other day talking about um, if you ate a bowl of spinach in 1942, you would have to eat 40 bowls of spinach today in order to have the same nutrient equivalent which is just mind blowing to me. Yeah. Um so so we have um some pretty major nutritional deficiencies in our diet just due to our world circumstances and also due to the fact that we probably don't want to have a spleen burger for lunch, you know. (laughs) Um, So uh, for the most part, what I do to fill those gaps is I recommend uh, whole food nutritional supplements, which are basically desiccated plants and desiccated organ meats that are put into uh, tablet form. Mm. Um, And that way you're getting food that's like not it's not lab created vitamins. It's actual food, but mm-hmm. you don't have to go and you know, eat like pork brain, you know, <laughs> for dinner <laughs> to get the to get the uh, benefit of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it allows you to get the same nutritional profile that your body is adapted to receive, mm-hmm. uh, without having to go and, you know, have some unsightly dietary choices. <laughs> um, so, you know, that being said, I, I recommend a select portion of those to all my patients just to maintain a well-rounded n- nutritional base. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I also recommend either, uh, bone broth or, a, uh, desiccated collagen, um, okay. for everybody. Um, basically what that does is it allows you to have building blocks to recreate connective tissue very easily. So when I say connective tissue, this is uh, your skin, hair, nails, tendons, uh, joint linings, lining of your GI tract, uh, a lot of your brain matter is all connective tissue. Um, So by having a bone broth or a collagen source every day, you're allowing your body to receive building blocks to create that connective tissue Mm -hmm. in the exact same ratio that it that it needs to be super efficient so say like um if i need to go and create collagen i need i get a from spinach and b from broccoli and c from eggs and i get maybe you know three units of a and 10 units of b and five units of c well even though i got 10 units of b i should be able to make 10 units of collagen i can only make three units because a is my limiting factor right Mm. Um, If I uh, end up eating collagen uh, from another animal source or bone broth, which is basically homemade collagen, uh, then I get 10 units, 10 units, 10 units. And so I can be very efficient and make 10 units of collagen.
0: Mm -hmm. Um,
2: So collagen not only keeps you young, keeps everything moving right, um, keeps your digestion really good. Uh, It also is a super easily digestible protein source, which I find uh, absorption is... um, uh, difficult challenge for a lot of patients they're mm. not able to absorb a lot of nutrients and right. and if that's the case i can give you every nutrient under the sun but if you can't use it then you know what are you doing right um so collagen allows you to have much better absorption and it also gives you all 22 amino acids um which unless you're eating organ meats on the regular you're not getting in uh, amino acids are building blocks of proteins And so uh, unless we have all 22, we're not able to build all the proteins that we need on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. Um, So uh, that's why I tell people if you're on one thing, do collagen. Um, And then uh, I have a couple of other things that I like to fill in as far as nutritional gaps just for general health. Um, And then if you need to do something nutrient-specific or or condition-specific, let me put it that way, we can do some nutrients or herbs specific for the condition Um, overall, I've, again, going back to baby steps, I don't like to put people on a million things at once because I find that it's too hard on their budget and then they end up having them sit on their shelf and not using them. And if that's the Mm. case, they're not going to get any better. Um, so all of my patients are on no more than five, um, nutrients or herbs at a time. Um, and that way it, uh, can address their condition without being overwhelming. Mm -hmm. Uh, and they're able to tell what's working. Right. Uh, I know a lot of practitioners who will go and uh, give a whole lot of different nutrients. Um, and while you can see results faster that way, I just find that for most people, it's just a bit too much to, to go for out of the gate. Right. Yeah.
0: We'd like to briefly interrupt this interview to remind you that this podcast was made possible by listeners just like you. Become a supporter at patreon.com slash psychetruth where you can watch the video version of this episode and all our podcast episodes. Plus, you'll gain access to over 500 videos of exclusive content, including premium courses and behind-the-scenes peaks. Help us keep this information free by visiting patreoncom psychetruth. That's patreon.com/p s y c h e t r u t h. So, um
1: you know, a lot of discussion on, you know, the, you've been recommending like the organ meats and collagen if you're not interested in actually eating organ meats. Um, How do you feel about, uh, you know, vegetarian or vegan diets? Do you feel that there's maybe a need for them to be supplementing collagen
2: since they're not? I think, you know, if you're a vegan, that's great, but just be a bad vegan. Um, <laughs> so really like if we look at, um, humans as a species, uh, we are designed to be omnivorous. So we are designed to get about 80% of our diet from plant matter, which is why we have grinders and molars uh, for our back teeth. Uh, however, we are designed to have some of our, uh, source from animal sources, uh, which is why we have ripping and tearing front teeth like a carnivore. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if we look at, if we were a caveman, what we'd be doing as far as food. It's a whole lot easier to kind of find plants and munch off of those. So we're going to be having more plant matter. However, if we have a season where plants become scarce, if it's too cold or if it's too hot or whatever, Mm -hmm. we're going to end up turning to animal sources. Um, And so we'd be getting about 20% of our nutrients from animal sources. Mm. Um, So I think that, you know. If we eat mostly plants, that's ideal. I'd like to see someone getting around 80% of their nutrient from plants. Um, But if there is no animal nutrient, we cannot, by definition, get uh, certain types of nutrients into our body. Um, So say uh, like vitamin B4 in particular uh, can pretty much only be found in liver sources. Um, very difficult to find in plant sources. Um, same thing with long chain amino acids are uh, not able to be found in um, and long chain fatty acids. Excuse me, are not able to be found in um, plant sources. They can only be found in animal sources. Um, many people go and they come to me and they say, "Well, my body is able to put together, um, you know, a medium chain." fatty acids and to long chain fatty acids and so it's okay to do flax oil rather than fish oil uh technically yes but the thing is is that takes your body a whole lot of energy to Mm. do and it's not like it just is something that you can just oh put it together and uh you know it it works Mm -hmm. um it's something that that takes a lot of metabolic stress for your body to undergo and uh and it's also a very inefficient process Mm -hmm. basically that's that's using your body's emergency uh system in order to survive uh and while yes you can survive um it makes it very difficult to um initiate any kind of healing response um and uh you know so I, i tell my vegan people i mean i get it i love animals um You know, I I understand having that as a lifestyle choice. However, as a provider, uh, I have to be completely honest that um, having a 100% vegan diet is not conducive to healing. And I find that um, the people that I see who get the poorest results or don't get results typically are vegans. Interesting. Um, And, uh, you know, and I think it's great to have... Mostly plant matter. I mean, to be fair, my vegans who do, you know, a couple tablespoons of collagen every day tend to do well. Okay. So if you can be, like, if you can be a vegan who cheats, that's fine. You don't have to go eat a steak. You don't have to go, you know um, get some fried chicken somewhere, Mm, Liver. yeah, (laughs) that's right. You know, but if you do even like say the, the desiccated, uh, nutrients that I have at the office, um, most of them are, uh, have animal proteins in them. Uh, and even if you use that and a couple of tablespoons of collagen, you know, that's, uh, that's usually enough. Um, so, you know, uh, I, I don't think that there's anything wrong with really limiting your animal protein. Um, But uh, we do need a certain amount of it to heal. We do need uh, long chain fatty acids in order to promote nerve function and brain function. Um, And, you know, uh, like I said, we can can synthesize a certain amount of it, but it's sort of like um, relying on your emergency brake to stop your car at every stoplight. Uh, It's probably not the best idea. Mm -hmm. Can you get it done? Yeah, but you're going to... You're gonna wear out your car real fast. You're gonna wear out that brake real fast. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a sustainable. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's not sustainable. And and you know, and I think like say there are some times like um, if someone's really looking to recondition their digestive system, which I have a lot of patients want to do, um, or go and take a stress off of their liver for a certain amount of time to uh, you know to increase their liver function. Mm-hmm. Um, being vegan for short periods of time cool, you know, do it for a month. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I wouldn't recommend over long periods of time. It's just, uh, it's not, it's not sustainable to, to get in, um, really, um, therapeutic amounts of nutrients. And, uh, yeah, the body really has a very limited capacity to heal. I have one gentleman who came in to see me, um, for back pain and, he had an issue that I'd had similar people come in um, for, and they usually got a result within about mm, two weeks, maybe three, and mm-hmm. usually felt pretty good. Um, his, throughout many months of physical therapy and, and uh, you know different exercises, things like that, uh, even even with laser therapy, uh, it, it took him about eighteen months to get marked progress, and I, I feel like, um, it, you know, it, it, he's very likely to relapse, and, and a lot of that is that he's inefficient at making his connective tissue, which goes back to collagen, mm-hmm. because he's not eating any kind of animal proteins, and uh, so, you know, that's that's just kind of how it is, and you know, and if that's what people really want, take a longer time to heal and maintain the lifestyle choices, nothing wrong with it, but uh, that's just how the body it can't adapt very well.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. So fascinating. Yeah. Um, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to come in today. Oh, and thank you for having <laughs> me. Definitely looking forward to um, having you back on the program again. Thank
2: you. Thank you. Thank you. It um, was a pleasure.
1: Yeah, definitely. Do you have any uh, closing thoughts for our listeners about, um, you know, maybe why they should consider visiting a practitioner of traditional Chinese medicine?
2: Well, I think that um, the the main benefit is that you can can visit someone who has uh, a lot of expertise in how different symptoms and different parts of the body relate to each other. Um, And if you're really looking for a truly holistic, integrative approach, um, I think a licensed acupuncturist is uh, an excellent choice. Um, Again, you know, our therapies, uh, since they are all... All natural if you will uh, we don't have any kind of adverse effects like uh, like drug therapies would and, and it's very low risk compared to a lot of other procedures mm. um, acupuncture tends to be very forgiving I, I have to say the the worst that has happened is nothing uh, same thing with nutrients they tend to be pretty forgiving uh, even if you don't don't necessarily need them um, the wor- really the worst thing that's going to happen is is nothing just like if you ate a certain food um so um so yeah uh they're very low risk compared to a lot of other methods of uh of pathology management Mm -hmm. um and i think they can be a lot more effective because you can get um a lot more you can get results in many different areas with one line of therapy
1: Mm -hmm. wonderful jessica thank you so much for being here Mm -hmm. and i look forward to having you again soon thank you i look forward to coming back And I want to thank all of you for tuning in to the podcast today. If you'd like to learn more about Jessica Manson, you can visit holisticpainsolutions.com. That is hyphenated between each word. And if you'd like to check out the full video version of this interview, along with hundreds of other health and wellness videos, head over to wellnessplus.tv to start your free two-week trial. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Thanks so much for listening, and come back and join us again soon.
0: The Wellness Plus Podcast. Copyright 2018. Target Public Media, LLC. All rights reserved.